Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Otewa, O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Let's have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! First Ireland team of the Six Nations has been named and Andy Farrell has sprung. One or two selection surprises. Chief among them is the inclusion of Connex Mack Hansen on the left wing for what will be his debut against Wales this weekend. Also, James Hume has a place on the bench. Bundyaki is starting alongside Gary Ringrose. All in all, a, a pretty interesting team selection. Will Slattery here in what is the first of our emergency bat signal left wing team announcement podcast we will be bringing you throughout the Six Nations. Delighted to be joined by Keen Tracy and Rory O'Connor for today's show. Rory, you know, it's funny, we, we previewed the Six Nations a couple of days ago. Um, I discussed the back three with you and I listed out all the options. Mac Hansen wasn't one of the guys I named. I'm not sure if that's me being foolish or is it as surprising as, as I'm finding it? I think I I said or wrote at some stage that he hadn't a hope of getting in. So um, I don't. The only thing is, I don't think we're alone in, in underestimating uh, how strong a chance he had of getting in. Like I, I started hearing about this yesterday. I actually texted you will about it, and you know you'd been hearing the, it as the well. Whispers were starting. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, you know it was, it was hard to get your head around that it, you know he might be in because if you look at the players he's been picked ahead of, like it's, it is the one vacancy because James Lowe is is out. But you look at the, the candidates that were there. Balakun started against Argentina, played really well. Keith Earls started Ireland's last competitive match on the left wing and scored two tries. No, certainly scored one try, scored that great try and had one chalked off. You've got uh, Jordan Larmer in the mix as well. And then you've got Mac Hansen, who wasn't in the squad in November. He was called in late, trained a bit, and then went, you know said goodbye, who was a kind of a surprise inclusion who's had injury problems recently and has only come back and you know has it question marks over his defence. And yet here he is starting the six, you know, making his debut in, in, in a really important Six Nations game in a team that has 13 of the 15 that beat the All Blacks. It's it's a really, really huge call from Andy Farrell. Like we look for him to make brave calls. So you gotta like, you know, applaud the kind of the um the audacity of it, audacity of it in some ways. Um, if it goes wrong, it's made he's made a rod for his own back because he could have gone with the more experienced players. It's a fascinating decision and I'm really interested to see how Mark Hansen goes against Wales on Saturday. Yeah, Keith, it's interesting because like up to now, Andy Farrell has been a pretty you know safe selector. You know, he's he's generally gone with the probably the more obvious calls when there's been decisions to make. So this one really has come out of left field, and you know even as Rudd mentioned there, like Robert Balakun was the guy getting a lot a lot of praise and hype going into this after his form in in, in Ulster. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get your head around how Mac Hansen has leapfrogged so many guys. That there is talk that he's been training really, really well, and it's actually on the training pitch maybe where he's ultimately convinced Andy Farrell. I'm not sure, you know, what 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 your take on it is. Well, that's certainly what I've been hearing. Anyway, will is that he's been training the house down since they went to Portugal last week, and 
you know what, like that has to count for something as well. Obviously, it goes without saying it's a it's a massive step up to bring go from a training pitch onto the Six Nations stage. But you want guys to be rewarded if they're if they're putting it in behind the scenes. Um, I would agree with Rod. It's it's a, a risky call to a certain extent because he has had a couple of issues, but. Like towards the end of Joe Schmidt's time in charge, a lot of us, myself included, complained that, you know, certain guys were too comfortable in their positions. And by making a call like this, I think it keeps everyone on their toes. I mean, we'll still we'll have to wait and see if any players were actually ruled out through injury. Um, that might have that might have made the decision a little bit easier. Um, because it's a surprise not to see someone like Balakun. I was certainly, you know, championing him to be involved, like Keith Earls, Jordan Armour. So We'll have to take it for granted for now that he wasn't short of options. But I, I, I like this call. I think it, it keeps players on their toes. Um, Hansen has that, you know, something a little bit extra maybe than other guys don't have. I think we go back to November, wasn't it, when Andy Farrell was speaking about James Lowe and the improvements that he had made in his game that Ireland don't want their wingers to be tidy. They want them to be coming in off their wings looking for work. And I think Hansen is very much in that mould. Um We've seen it time and time again for Connacht this season um, that he isn't afraid to come in off his wing and look for work and get involved. And that's exactly what Andy Farrell wants. I think on the flip side, I'd be shocked if if Wales aren't really happy to see this decision. Um, I would expect them to seriously go after Mac Hansen on Saturday. Uh, Lewis Rees-Samet will probably be eyeing that up as a chance to, you know, to make um, a bit of hay there. So it's it's a fascinating decision, but it, it's one that I have to say I like. Um, it's a, co- a head coach who is obviously really confident in the depth of the options that he has. Um, and hopefully it keeps players on their toes because you don't want players, you know, assuming that they're going to be involved, that they're going to start. So um, I'm equally as fascinated as Rudd to see how he gets on. Yeah, Rudd, like I said, you know, he is playing with that cohort of the team that beat New Zealand. So, and it's a home game to start the Six Nations. It's not as if he's being pitched in, as we've seen other players, you know, in Twickenham in the firing line or over in Paris. Like, as debuts go, while it's not an easy way to make your debut, like, there's a lot of experience around him. And, you know, the crowd will be on his side and it makes things maybe a little easier. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, He's been in this environment, you know, he was in in November. It was kind of a surprise when he called, called, called up during the November window. You know, he, he got a bit of training time then. He's been around it. He's, he's had a good window with them now. He, he's gotten to know them a little bit. And he's clearly, you can see from the way he plays, he's, he, he's a confident player. He, he, he backs his skills. Um, and, and he's been tearing it up at URC level, certainly with ball in hand. I mean, he, he, he's been a brilliant player to watch. I was down at that Ospreys game in, in the rain where... Like was one of the best individual performances I've seen from any player in the last year or two. You know, he, he is a quality, quality rugby player. I, I do, again, as I said before, I have question marks over his defence and, and in the Andy Farrell system, if you talk to players who've played within it, the, the wingers are exposed and they have to make big decisions. And we've seen with James Lowe, we've seen with George, uh, Jacob Stockdale, we've seen wingers being exposed in the system and blamed for big, big mistakes that they've made and, and lapses in concentration because so much is is put on their shoulders. And the Wales game last year is a key example of that. If you watch Lewis Ree Samet's winning uh, try, a key moment in the match, you know, he catches Lowe out um, and Lowe was caught out a couple of times last year. So it's a massive step up for a player with, you know, with a bit of super rugby experience. He played under 20s with, with Australia, qualifies to Ireland through his mother, is from Cork, originally moved to Australia when she was uh, when she was seven. You know, he, he's, he's come over here after, you know, a decent career with the, the Brumbies, but, 
you know, took a chance when Andy Friend gave him a shout to come over and it's paid off in spades to him. I mean, the benefit as well is that, you know, it probably means he's going to sign a new kind of contract that he'll stay in Ireland for a long time because he's unlikely to go back to Australia now. So he's now within the system. But, you know, I don't don't see Ireland giving out cheap caps for those reasons during Six Nations. They've backed him because they think he's good enough and that they think he'll, for all that Wales will be might be happy that, to see him in some ways, that he's going to cause Wales unbelievable problems, you know, with ball in hand on Saturday. And if he if he backs himself, he's he's just the man to do that because he is a really quality attacking player. The thing about it is as well, Will, I, like I was on a call with Mac Hansen last Friday, I think it was, um, when Ireland were in Portugal, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was in between training sessions and I certainly didn't get the sense from speaking to him then that he had any inkling that he was going to be involved uh, this week. You know, his his whole like his whole demeanor sort of suggested that if he could force his way in and get a cap before the end of Six Nations, he would be really happy and really pleased with that. So I would say he's probably surprised as well to find himself in there when you like we said, when you look at the caliber of players that he's he's jumped ahead of. But like it's a really like interesting story. Like, you know, like Dave Kelly has a piece with him up on independent.e. It's worth reading just about his journey to, to getting here. And you know, people have probably heard this story before, but for anyone who hasn't, just the fact that Andy Friend picked him up because his son was working in a bar that Mac Hansen used to used to go into. So this was a guy who came over to Ireland, like reading between the lines, is kind of given handed a second chance really to make it at rugby. And he hasn't even been here a year, and all of a sudden he's starting a first Six Nations game for Ireland. It's an absolutely remarkable rise. He hasn't even his cousins are from uh, Castle Martyr in County Cork, and he hasn't even had the chance to meet most of them yet because um, since he's moved to Galway because the pandemic has meant that he hasn't been able to. So hopefully there'll be a big crowd of them um, in the crowd on Saturday, which would be, it would be class for him to see. And there's one thing as well, it's Johnny McNichol uh, that's going to be up against him. I just noticed there that Wales have kind of rejigged their wings around and not Lewis Rees-Samet. So, but the point still stands. I think, um, I think that Wales back three is quite dangerous and I wouldn't be surprised if, if they look to, to get after Mac Hansen in any way they can. Yeah, I'd say a few Mac Hansen relatives will come out of the woodwork now looking for tickets, given that uh, their, man, their man is now in the team. Yeah, I, I really don't think you can underestimate how much of a surprise selection this is. Like, as you mentioned, he's only been he's only played a handful of games in Ireland. I He's leapfrogged some guys who've been in really good form over a long period of time. It's just I, I, when I first started hearing it, like Rod, I, I really couldn't fathom it. I thought I just couldn't see it being being true. But here we are. Like, he's in the team and fair play to him. Let's see how he goes. And. I'm trying to think, probably the biggest surprise since maybe Twickenham 16, Van der Fleer started his first cap, McCluskey started his first cap, they were big calls. I can't really think of something similar uh, in the meantime, unless I'm overlooking an obvious one. But as well, Henshaw we'll 15 play. against England that time. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that worked out well, didn't it? Um, <laughs> no, Everyone yeah, has yeah, tried to I, forget about that, Rod. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I blocked that game out of my memory, clearly. Um Rod, another interesting talking point, uh, Carberry on the bench, no Jack Carty. You know, once Andy Farrell gave him that kind of, you know, fit and fighting, raring to go uh, injury report last week, it, it may be indicated that he was leaning that way, but it's still a very big call and tough on Jack Carty, but it just shows the fate they have in Carberry and he'll have to repay it. Yeah, look, we talked about it the other night on, on the left wing and, and I've written about it since, you know, the, the out-half succession planning has to be part of the, the thinking. It can't be front and centre because it is the Six Nations. The Six Nations is worth winning. But if Joey Carberry is going to be the second in, in second choice in Japan, then 
he needs every minute on the pitch in green that he can get. And it's really harsh on Jack Carthy, who is enjoying a fantastic season. Um, but maybe it speaks to, if we're seeing Mac Hansen being backed after an incredible uh, two, week and a half of training, maybe Carberry's come back and is fit and raring to go and is out training Jack Carthy on the pitch. Or maybe it's just the needs must selection that Carberry is 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 the, 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 the choice to be that backup out half in 2023 on the depth chart and every minute he can get in that role is is just essential to his development. And look, he closed the game out against the All Blacks in November, which isn't that long ago. Did it really, really well. He kicked his goals. You know, he started against Argentina a week later. Did pretty well without ever shooting the lights out. It looked like he was starting to click into a bit of form before he uh, fractured his elbow against Wasps. And for all that, it is a couple of weeks. You know, it's what is it? Six weeks ago now. It's it's not the biggest. Um, gap in game time it's a little bit of a risk I guess because Jack Hardy's playing every week he's really match hardened he's winning games he's he's navigating games he's he's he, you know he's he, he's just battled hardened this year Jack Hardy he's the most you know most played of our of, of our t- available tens in comparison to Sexton who's only played two games you know a game and a half recently really and Carberry who hasn't played at all but I can understand the thinking with bringing Carberry back I'd prefer to see Car- Carthy rewarded for his former Connacht but if you're going to criticise a lack of long-term thinking with the number 10 slot and then criticise Car- Carberry you know, being there, it, it kind of works against itself. I think you kind of have to get him in there as much as possible. And if the game's in the melting pot, it's going to be really interesting to see whether Johnny Sexton goes 80 minutes as he did in the, the Scotland game and in the Six Nations last year and I think the England game as well. Or does do they bring on Carberry to close it out because they trust him? That's the big, it's one of the big questions over, over this Irish team at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, King, what's your take on the out-half situation there that, that we're going to run outlined? Yeah, I would agree pretty much with what Rudd said. I think as soon as Andy Farrell came out uh, last week or whenever it was and said that Carby was fighting fit, I think that was the, the ringing endorsement that you need. I would have been shocked if Jack Carty was on the bench um, after Farrell came out and said with that, look, I can totally understand uh, why Carty would, be, why Carty would be annoyed, why Connacht fans would be annoyed, like he's played really well this season but like Joey Carberry is seen as the number two out half he's missed too much rugby over the last while to not get him as many minutes as possible so I think when he's fit I don't think it's probably as a big a decision as we might make it out to be I think it's actually fairly straightforward in Andy Farrell's mind for the reasons that Rudd mentioned um he is going to be the backup I mean I, I he will hopefully get plenty of minutes in the Six Nations because Johnny Sexton you can't see he's going to play 80 minutes for for all five games so um like I, I have no qualms with that at all I think Joey Carberry should be the number two out half still I thought it was interesting you know Rudd mentioned the the Argentina game uh last year um in November like Joey Carby actually went to 15 in that game as well which kind of gets forgotten about too um you know oh good yeah exactly yeah and I know we've talked like Luke talks a bit about it on the podcast too as well but you know when you saw Harry Byrne I think it was Harry Byrne that came on that day coming on you sort of assumed that Carberry was going off but I thought moving Carberry to 15 was it was really telling actually and you know what uh, we'll probably get on to it, but I think picking James Hume as the 23rd man is a real signal that Carberry is going to be the one covering fullback because James Hume is a very interesting choice as the number 23 because normally that position is filled by someone who can fill multiple positions and James Hume is an out-and-out centre. Um, I know he's playing a bit of 12 when Stuart McCloskey was injured over the last few weeks, but he's far more of a, of a 13. So while his form is unquestionable and he's been sensational for Ulster this season, I think it's a very interesting 
choice to have him there as the as the backup kind of versatile back for want of a better term because I think someone like Keith Earls or Jordan Armour now again unless one of those guys is injured um I think they would have been a far better even a Robbie Henshaw I think that they can cover you know more positions than than James Hume so I think Harbury being on the bench he covers the fullback which Jack Harty I know he had a, a short stint there after the World Cup um <clears throat> to get his confidence back but I think Joey Carberry being on the bench also allows him to, to cover 15, which, which is really exciting too, because like you said, well, he looked good against uh, Argentina there too. Yeah, Rud, like what's your view on the centres? You know, Bundiaki and Gary Ringrose in the centre, Hume on the bench, no Robbie Henshaw. We haven't heard from Andy Farrell yet, like possibly maybe an injury to Henshaw because he's been playing so well. Like it would be kind of strange for him not to feature at, at all. But, you know, what do you make of how Andy Farrell has gone there? I think Hendo's probably paying the price for just a, a disrupted kind of po- you know period. He, like, he, that Argentina game was his first game of the season. He probably needed to have a big Christmas, a big kind of January and Leinster's you know kind of series of called off off games maybe worked against them. And like I said about Jack Hardy, like Bundyaki's been playing a lot more rugby, and and you know Bundyaki started the win over the All Blacks and played really really well that day. His distribution was excellent. He, he brought a really abrasive edge to things and. You know, I, I don't think there's much between those two players. You know, they're, they're you know, you could play them together. You could you could play either one. You have Robbie Henshaw, the reigning Ruby Riders Player of the Year, the reigning uh, uh, Ruby Players Ireland Player of the Year, kicking his heels during a Six Nations weekend. Essentially, contracted player who's who's probably going to be you know helping out with the warm up and or else he's at home let alone licking his wounds. So how is he going to train in 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 the week of the France game next week where he's going back to Paris? Like, is, is he in danger of missing a Six Nations title because cause his form isn't good enough, according to Danny Farrell? Like, that's what you want. Like, you want your leading lights annoyed when they're not picked. You want them responding. You want him going out with, with Bundyaki's, you know, looking for Bundyaki's blood next week because he wants that jersey. And, like, that's... If Bundyaki's trained better and Bundyaki's playing better, Bundyaki gets the nod. That's the way the Irish team should be run. So, um, we do have three centrally contracted centres, so you can only pick two of them at a given stage. But the fact that he's gone with Hume on the bench is another message to Robbie Henshaw, unless, obviously, as Keane said, we haven't got the, the injury update, so he may have pulled, pulled up in training. But unless um, that's happened, like, Robbie Henshaw's going to be absolutely raging over this, and you're going to see a response from him, and that's only going to bring standards up in training, and it's only going to result in a better performance. I find it hard to argue against Aki, but at the same time, if you picked Henshaw, you wouldn't be too upset either. I think it's like he's got incredible options in the centre, and it's a great reward for James Hume. Um, he's been really excellent for Ulster this season. I didn't see how he was going to get in because Ringrose playing really well as well. Um, he he gets his chance. He will get on the pitch at some stage in some capacity. I saw during the week that Andy Farrell when asked about Hume and what he needs to do, it was like be more like Robbie Henshaw, be more consistent over a longer period of time. He's obviously shown a bit of that in training and he's got he's now got the jersey. Um and if the three of them go well this week, then you know, Robbie Henshaw's got a serious mission on his hands to get in next week. So it's it's a fascinating selection and it just shows that in certain areas Ireland have real proper strength and depth. Yeah, just to finish up then, Keane, I'll go to you first. Predictions for the weekend. Like how do you see the game going now, having seen the team? Uh, yeah, I'd still be fairly optimistic that, you know, Ireland get the win. It's probably worth touching on the, the Wales team a bit. Like I mentioned, um, Johnny McNichol is is on the wing rather than fullback. There was some speculation that he could be at fullback and Liam Williams in the wing. Like I think Nick Tompkins and Josh Adams as a centre pairing, like I think Ireland can do damage there. I think, you know, uh, Gary Ringrose will be licking his lips at the chance to expose Josh Adams, who who isn't a centre as much as Wales. 
are trying to shoehorn horn him in there because because of injuries and whatnot. So I think that's definitely an area of weakness. I like you look through their pack. I, there's nothing really to to fear in 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 that pack. And like I mean, it's it's you don't want to sound arrogant because it's not. But you compare that to like you compare the Irish front row and the Irish back row to to what Wales have on Saturday, and like you'd have every single Irish player, I think, ahead of every single one of those Welsh players, which I don't think is an exaggeration to say. So um, I would be fairly optimistic that that Ireland should win. Like, I don't think it'll be as comfortable maybe as the bookies are making out, but uh, home crowd, like back at the Aviva Stadium, you know, early kickoff, people in. Like, I think I think Ireland should win, but um, like I said, maybe not. I think it's 15 points that the bookies have mm. the spread at. I'd be surprised if it was more than that, um, but disappointed if it wasn't relatively comfortable in the end. Yeah, I'm expecting a bonus point win anyway. Rod, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's fair to expect that. I think, like, look, Wales are the champions. We're guilty every year of underestimating what they, they, they bring to the table. They have a good team on, on paper looking at it, you know, a bit like England today. It was a bit, you know, surprised by how strong they were, even though they're missing all these bodies that we've heard about. Their bench probably isn't as strong as Ireland either, although Ireland have gone a little bit of experimental. But I read, I just reading Sam Larner put up a stat earlier that Josh Adams, who's playing 13 for the first time in his international career, he's attempted eight tackles per game in his three URC games this season. And Ireland make, sorry, Ireland make the opposition 13 make 14.3 tackles a game. So he's going to be tested in ways that he hasn't been tested before in his entire career, never mind just, you know, for, for his club. Um, that's a real potential weak point for Wales. If you can get that seam going, you know, you, you can make big, big gains. And if Ireland bring the relentless energy they brought against New Zealand, if you just remember that image of the two New Zealand forwards, um, like just, you know, not being able to, to breathe on the, on the pitch at the Aviva Stadium, catching themselves on the big screen and not being able to do anything about it. I mean, Ireland ran them off the pitch. And I, you know, this team, that, that four pack can do serious damage to any opponent. So you would expect at home, as Keane said, with that crowd behind them and with that selection, Ireland have the tools to beat Wales and beat them relatively comfortably. But the bookies are saying 14 points. You know, Six Nations openers are rarely that, that big a scoreline. And also the forecast is a bit, uh, is not looking great the last time I checked. So that could, you know, tighten things up a little bit. But I think Ireland will win. Yeah, it'll set up to be a very exciting weekend. I'd like to thank Rod and Keane for joining me on our team announcement podcast. We'll be back next week to react to Ireland versus Wales. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>